Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. Gospel of John, chapter 3. The Bible says there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Can you say amen to the Word? I want to preach to you. Open your eyes to the kingdom of heaven. Open your eyes to the kingdom of heaven. Amen. In the old time, in the Old Testament, there was only a few that got to taste the glory of God. Namely, the high priest on that high day, the Day of Atonement, when he got behind that veil... And got there to where the Ark of the Covenant was and he was able to see and to feel the glory of God. Because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, that veil tore, opened it wide up, not only for all of Israel, but for all of the United States of America and for all of us here in the Kansas City region to get in beyond that veil and to get a glimpse of the glory of God. I felt the glory of God today as we worshiped him. And it's no wonder for the Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. And if you feel far from God today, I challenge you just to praise him a little bit. It may just start with your foot tapping. It may just start with your fingers snapping. Next thing you know, you're clapping your hands. The hand goes up. And next thing you know, you feel what only high priests used to feel in the old time. Because the veil is torn and God is no longer far off. But he is so close that you can reach out and touch him and feel him. I'm not talking about a God that is far out on some planet somewhere. But right here at 10400 View High Drive, Kansas City, Missouri, 64134. And he is so close, he wants to put his name on you in baptism. He is so close, he wants to talk amen through you, through words you do not understand. That's the God I serve. He's not far out, but he's so close to him that you can feel him. Praise the Lord. Hmm. There was a lot of awesome people in the Old Testament that wanted to see and to feel what you and I see and feel here today. They inquired, the Bible says, to look into the salvation that God had promised. You know, Moses even said, God, I want to see your glory. And God said, you're only going to see my hinder parts. You're only going to see the past of it. 
And there was a point in time when Moses made a mistake and he started smiting that rock with his staff. And God says, you are not going to get into that promised land. You are not going to get to see up close those promises. There's been times when God said, you're not going to see it. There's been times when God said, you're not going to go any farther. There's been times when God said, you're not going to build it. You're not going to accomplish it. But all of those things have passed away. And the Lord Jesus Christ made something new for his church. And God wants you to see it. God wants you to experience it. He said, whoever will, whoever wants to, come on in and get close to it. I've seen people you never thought would ever receive the get the Holy Ghost, get the Holy Ghost. I have seen people get baptized you never thought would ever step foot in the tank, get baptized. I've seen people and smelled people that smelt like alcohol and smelt like drugs and narcotics get into that water, come up out of that water, completely sobered up and the smell of this world completely gone. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, it's real. And God wants his people to be born again to see the kingdom of heaven. Nicodemus, he's a ruler of the Jews, a Pharisee. Most of his group was really skeptical about Jesus. Most of his group wanted him gone. But Nicodemus was one of those honest, Bible-believing fellows. And he came to Jesus by night so nobody would see him. Didn't want to endanger his own life. And he says, Jesus, the things that you're doing, this is not the work of men. It is not the work of the devil. But the things that you do, only God could do them. He had seen Jesus lay hands on the sick and the sick recovered. He had seen the Lord open blinded eyes. He had seen the Lord open up deaf ears. He had seen the Lord cause the mute to speak. He had seen the Lord cleanse the leper. He even saw the Lord cast out devils and saw the Lord raise the dead. And he said, because of these signs, I know that you have something special about you. This is not the works of the earth, but this is the works of God come down upon heaven. And Jesus says something so interesting to him. You know, he could have said, that's right. They are signs. They are great. Isn't it nice to see? Isn't it nice to behold? But the Lord wanted something deeper, and that was the salvation of Nicodemus's soul. And he got right to the point, and he said, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. That was kind of a difficult concept for Nicodemus to understand, to be born again. And even probably sarcastically in a way says, can a man get back into his mother's womb and be born again? I mean, he doesn't understand it. And Jesus clarifies and says, no, it's a spiritual birth. Meaning if you want to be here in the earth, you've got to be born into this earth. You and I were born into this earth through our father and our mother. Unless there's some AI robots among us. Anybody in here cloned? Identify yourself. We want to know who you are. Reptilians. Who are you? No. Hey, it could happen. We're in the end times. My God. But just as you were born into this world, you didn't come from an aliens. They didn't put pods and we all came out of them. We came naturally as the way God intended to be through our father and mother. The Lord is giving Nicodemus a glimpse of the future, that just as mankind was born here upon this earth, so are they born into the kingdom of heaven. You can't get there through a spaceship. You can't get there by being far out, man. 
But this is something that you are born into. And he gives the formula right there. It's in our Bible. You are born again into this kingdom through the water and through the spirit. That is what will open your eyes to the kingdom of heaven. And for us around here, baptism is not just a little nice celebration. Maybe some of you growing up on Easter Sunday, all the kids were getting baptized and you didn't want to, but your mom had the camera out and she said, you're going to get into the pool. And you got into the pool. There was the bunny. There was the preacher. You got sprinkled and you came out and you remember thinking to yourself, what was so special about that? We want your baptism to be so much more special than that. Just to have your picture taken just to have, you know, a show put on for the family. Oh no, baptism, yes, we want to celebrate it with you. But you know what it is? It is likened to a burial. And you know what? We're burying the old you. We're burying the bondage of sin down into that water. And when you come up and you open your eyes for the first time being baptized in Jesus' name, you're going to see something different about this world. You're going to start seeing things differently about the kingdom of heaven because baptism will open your eyes to what is eternal in heaven. Praise the Lord. Baptism is something we try to do as often as possible. You don't have to sign up, although if you let us know ahead of time, it does help us out. But you want to be baptized, today is your day. Today is your day. We've got baptism robes back there. We're going to have people back there ready to baptize you and pray for you. And you know what's going to happen? The old you is going to go deep sea diving right there. And the things you don't like about yourself... Here at about 2 p.m. when we drain that baptistry, your sins are going to go down the drain into the sewer and off of you forever. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Baptism breaks the bondage of sin off of your life. I'm telling you, it's real. I've seen it. You can see a change in people's countenance when they come up out of that water because it's done the Bible way by immersion and in the name of Jesus, just like the Lord taught us just like he exampled to us. Jesus was baptized. He walks down to John and John says, ah, you need to baptize me. He says, no, I want you to baptize me to fulfill righteousness. Not just because it's a nice thing to do. Not because it's just a public example of a private faith. He said to fulfill righteousness. It was the first thing he did to begin his ministry, baptism. And what was one of the last things the Lord talked about? Baptism. It's not a just if you want it. It's not just if you think it's nice. Not just a little bit of an expression to take your walk with God to a public level. Oh no, it is how you enter into the kingdom of heaven. And unless you do it in Jesus' name, you won't see it. But I got good news today. You're only about 50 feet away from the water to have your eyes open and your life changed forever. Praise the Lord. Oh, I'm telling you, baptism's powerful. And then getting born of the spirit, what Jesus talked about. You know, he said to Nicodemus, the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, it's like wind. Now, there's a theory out there that most of the wind on the earth comes from the sun. It's solar energy here upon the earth. But not thinking about that and forgetting all of the science, wind is mysterious. 
You know, where does it come from? You can't see it as a photon. Can you bag it up and put it in a bag and deliver it to somebody? No. It's an unusual energy. And the Lord said, my spirit, when it comes upon people, it is going to be like the sound of wind. You can't see it, but you can see the effects of it. When wind blows through the tree, what does that tree do? What happens to people usually when they get the Holy Ghost? You know what's going on? That wind is coming upon them, praise the Lord. You know, pardon the example, but ladies, when the wind gets into your hair, you ever see somebody get the Holy Ghost like that? We are feeling the effects of wind when the Holy Ghost comes upon us. There was a weird storm that came through last week. I saw stuff blown down to the ground. You ever see somebody fall out? That's not the devil. That's the effects of the Holy Ghost coming down like wind upon somebody. And it's a sign for this world to see, praise the Lord. And we often think about speaking in tongues being something only in the book of Acts. Did you know Jesus talked about it? He did right there in this passage. He said the wind, you're going to hear the sound of it. Now we're English speaking here, but let's go into a little bit of Greek. Let me hear you say akuo. You just spoke Greek, and you just said acoustic, like the acoustic guitar. It's the Greek word that they would use for a stringed instrument, a guitar, a bass, something like that. But Jesus didn't say to Nicodemus that the wind is going to have akuo. He didn't say the wind is going to be like a stringed instrument, like a guitar. He used the word phone. Let me hear you say phone. We got some Greek scholars in here now. You know what the word phone in Greek is? Our word phonics, meaning our speech. Hooked on phonics, right? Phonics. He's saying the Holy Ghost is going to hook you on heaven's phonics. Heavenly speech. And when the Holy Ghost comes, the number one thing that it's going to do is change your speech. I'm not making this up. This is Bible. This is Jesus. You want to get into the kingdom of heaven? You've got to go down and up in his name. You've got to start speaking in his name and start speaking in the heavenly languages in his name. Praise the Lord. That's how the kingdom of heaven works. It's real. It's alive. And there are people in this room that have testified about it, that it is life-changing. Some of us grew up hearing it taught that it's not for us today, but you came into the life church and you realized that was false, that it is for us today. It's alive for us today. God's word hasn't changed. It'll never go away, but the word is alive and well here today. And I've come to tell you, you may have never had a spiritual experience. You can have it here today on this last Sunday of July of 2023. Praise the Lord. kingdom of heaven is real. You can't see it with a telescope. You know, Jesus even said the kingdom of heaven cannot come with observation. There's a lot of beautiful kingdoms in this world right now. We got a great city, Kansas City, that you can drive going into I-70 or a 350 highway and see a beautiful view of the skyline. There's other great cities in the earth, like New York City, so neat to look at. London, Paris, Rome, Shanghai, Tokyo, all of these big major cities, but even all the greatest and biggest cities in the world, you know what's in them? Pain, death, great sorrows, many things come and go and pass away. 
But the kingdom of heaven that the Lord talks about is a city, a nation, a place where there is no death, where there is no sorrow, where there is no pain. And Jesus said people are pressing into this city. But it's not a city you and I can drive to. It's not a city that you and I can fly to. But it is a city that is born and placed inside of you. That's what Jesus taught. It's not a city you observe with your eyes, but it is alive inside of you. And that is accomplished through water and spirit. When you are baptized, as the Bible says, you are baptized into Christ. And when you get the Holy Ghost, the sign of speaking in other tongues, Christ is then baptized inside of you. That's why it's good to remember when you were baptized and never forget the feeling that you got when you went down and came up out of that tank. And it's wise, amen, to keep that Holy Ghost stirred up inside of you. That's why some of you are going to be refilled today and be renewed today because the kingdom of God has got to be alive in us, amen. I was eight years old when I was baptized. The only sins I'd really committed is passing notes and chewing gum in church. You know what? The Bible says in Ezekiel that the sins of your father and mother do not pass unto you. But if that's true, neither does the righteousness of your mother and father pass unto you. Understand this. The Bible also says man is born upright. You are not born a sinner. You're born upright, which is why every child that didn't make it past the womb is in heaven to this day. Praise the Lord. All the children are in heaven to this day because they were born upright. Amen. But there comes a time when we are not born sinners, but born into sin. You and I, just as Adam and Eve, take on that sinful nature and we're deceived by the serpent and we taste something we shouldn't have tasted. And then that death falls upon us. And that had happened to me. I was eight years old and I was lost. And I would come to church service after service and stare at that baptism tank. And something was pulling me to that baptism tank. And I'll never forget it. October 1991, during a kid's revival, I knew it. I knew it. I had to be baptized. I got back there, got into that tank. Our bishop, my dad, Bishop Stan Gleason, he laid hands on me. I repeated after him, I call on the Lord Jesus to wash away my sins. And he said, now, Justin, I now baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And when I went down into the water, when I came up, God is my witness. And anybody that was there, a wind came down into that baptism tank and blew past me. And for the first time in my life at that moment, I felt summoned by God. And I feel that same wind here today. God is summoning some of you to the baptism tank today. Has my life been perfect since then? No, but I've never felt the same about the struggles within myself. That baptism and that name is still talking to me, saying, Justin, that old you is buried under the water. Don't, don't go down there anymore. Keep it under the water. Keep it under the water. And by God's grace, I've been able to stay above the water, walking in the newness of life with him. Amen. And God wants to do that to you today. Amen. January 1994, I've been seeking for the Holy Ghost for three years. I'd come down to the altar, and it seemed like everybody in the church wanted to come around the pastor's son, Justin, and pray him through to the Holy Ghost. 
I mean, by the end of it, my hair would be messed up. My glasses would be crooked. My tie, my, my tie would be crooked. And I never seemed to get the Holy Ghost until one service I came down all on my own. And I got to tell you, you know what I did? I just started dancing before the Lord all on my own in that altar. I wasn't even worried about getting the Holy Ghost. You know what I was doing? Just enjoying worshiping Jesus. And all of a sudden, I was 11. I began to speak in other tongues. Nobody taught me. Nobody instructed me, but God imparted it unto me. And when that happened, I took off running around that church and I've been running ever since. Praise the Lord, because it's real and it's alive. And I've been praying about it and the Lord's been talking to me that this church, the report is going to go out through Kansas City, that anybody that is hungry for the supernatural infilling of the Holy Ghost by the sign of speaking in other tongues, they're going to come here to get it. They're going to come here to receive it. And the Lord is going to change their life and they're going to be added unto the church. Amen. They're going to come from the lowest forms of Kansas City. But watch out, they're also coming from the highest forms of Kansas City. They're going to be people coming in here that their families, if they knew it, would disown them. Because this gift and this supernatural power is not welcomed by all those that call themselves Christians. You watch. They're going to sneak in through the back. They're going to be on the back row. They're going to try to stay off the camera. But they're coming here hungry and they're going to get the Holy Ghost on the back row. They're going to get it out in the hallway. They're going to get it out in the parking lot. It's going to flow like a river out of life. Church, amen. Praise God. Back in the old days of Pentecost, they taught... If you want to receive it, get ready to pray for seven to eight hours. It's going to take you seven to eight hours to get it. It's like Sunday night, Tarion, right? Service usually would start at six or seven o'clock. The Holy Ghost ain't going to fall till one or two a.m. And some of you came out of that, praise the Lord. Nothing wrong with getting it at one a.m. Also, nothing wrong with getting it at high noon, praise the Lord. Right before lunch, amen. You had to tarry for it. My grandparents got it tearing. My grandpa Dyson wrote in his book, No Continuing City, about his brother John, how he received the Holy Ghost. His brother John was a tall, handsome man. And this is back in the 40s when haircuts were unusual for guys. You've seen pictures. They slick their hair back and it's like full. I got to studying it and I figured it out. I think the haircut was called a Brooklyn blowout. All right. And all the barbers would do was cut the back part of the hair. And so hair up here was slicked back to here. And if hair here fell down in the face, it would hang down to here. You know, just keep it going. And Uncle John Dyson, back in the 40s, he was a boxer. My grandpa talked about him. He said he would watch him in the fight. You know, most boxers don't get serious until about the third round. About the third round, Uncle John, when he started boxing, all that pomade and stuff in his hair would loosen up and his hair would fall in his face. And whenever his hair would fall into his face, that's when the fight got serious and he would win. Well, Uncle John would come to church in his suit and tie with his hair slicked back and he wanted the Holy Ghost and he would always come down to the altar and not even move and pray to try to get the Holy Ghost. This went on for a long time and he got frustrated because the entire Dyson family got the Holy Ghost except him. And the spirit of prophecy moved upon my grandpa, his brother, and he came down. 
and he started messing up his hair a little bit and started shaking him around, kind of getting him in the mood for the fight. And it wasn't just about 30 seconds after that, when that hair fell into his face, that energy came into him and he started worshiping and started talking in tongues as the spirit gave him the utterance. And who knows, maybe you just need a little bit of a shaking today. Maybe that's the thing that needs to happen to you to forget about what you look like and forget about what it sounds like and only concentrate on what God looks like and only concentrate on what's up there in heaven. That's how you'll get the Holy Ghost, amen. You don't have to tarry for the Holy Ghost. Now, if you're up here and we know it's on, we'll keep the lights on as long as you need, amen. But these days of tarrying, I think, are over with. That's what Brother Cole taught, Brother Billy Cole. He said, it's a gift. You know, when it's Christmas time, open those gifts. When it's birthday time, open those gifts. Not wait and wait and wait, open the gifts. And he taught that and preached that. And it blew our minds back in the 60s and 70s. People were no longer getting the Holy Ghost at midnight or 1 or 2 or 3 a.m. They were getting it on Sunday mornings. They were getting it on Sunday night during the worship service. They were getting it very quick during revivals. And I've come to tell you, it's starting to fall again very quickly upon people. Praise the Lord. This past Pentecost Sunday... Seven people received the gift of the Holy Ghost in under 10 minutes. Under 10 minutes. What we used to tarry for is being opened up quickly. Get ready for it to happen to you suddenly today. Amen. This past fall last year, I noticed there was a guest minister with us, and I walked back to introduce myself. We had started worship at 11 a.m. I got done preaching at 1210. The altar call wrapped up at 12.30, and I mean, it was on. I mean, it was powerful. And I walked back up there to greet him, and some of you are, were still up here praying and travailing, you know, and then some of you were in the back talking, and some of you are already out in the narthex. Some of you are already out the door ready to go to lunch, praise the Lord. And I walk up to this preacher, and he says, Brother, he said, what else is going to happen today? And I looked around, and I said, what do you mean? He goes, what, what else is going to happen for church? And uh, I said, uh... We might baptize one or two more people and go to lunch. He goes, wow, really? Wow. And I said, what do you mean, wow? He said, I'm just so shocked at how powerful of a move of God you had in such a short amount of time. And I found out where he preaches, and I got online. Their church services usually go about three and a half hours. Wow. And that's fine and good if you like long church. But my Bible says, now faith not long-waited out faith, but now faith is the substance of things hoped for. My Bible says, suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And God is helping us to harvest this great revival in Kansas City to do more with less, to have better church and less time, to get it quick, to make it happen, and not have to tarry and wait. But the true power of God is instant. When sickness runs out instantly, when demons run out instantly, and anybody from the cocaine addict to the businessman in Kansas City can come down here and get the Holy Ghost, the real Holy Ghost, amen. Praise the Lord. A new level of hunger just went to a new level, amen. God is going to fill people with the Holy Ghost today. God is going to fill people with the Holy Ghost here today. 
Amen. If the musicians would please come. God's going to fill children today. He's going to fill young people today. He's going to fill adults and he's going to fill some of our seniors today. I was preaching in a church in Chicago, Illinois. And uh, I preached it as best and as hard as I could. And there was a powerful altar call. I remember looking in the back and that church had a, um, a special ministry where they picked up people from the nursing home to come to church. And to be honest with you, not trying to be funny, most of them didn't know how to engage in church. They were just happy for anybody that would show them attention. And I'll never forget just out the corner of my eyes seeing a sweet sister sitting back there on the back row. And after we had prayed and people were starting to talk and fellowship, I saw this sister stand up barely and started moving down the pew. And I watched her with her hands on the pews walking down. She didn't have a wheelchair, didn't have a cane. Nobody helped her. She walked down there all on her own, balancing herself on the pews. And when she got near, I walked forward and put my arms out. She said, I want to come to the altar and pray. And I said, come on up here, sister. And I walked her up to the altar. Can I tell you this? She was as sweet as can be, but she was heavily medicated. It could not speak clearly. I said, what do you want the Lord to do? She said, I've wanted the Holy Ghost all my life. I think she said, I'm 88 years old and I've never had the Holy Ghost and I want the Holy Ghost today. I mean, church was over. People were ready to go get some of that Chicago-style pizza. Ooh, does that sound good? And I said, Sister, God hasn't left the altar. He's always the last one to leave. He's still here. And God can feel you today. And with her hands on my hands, she said, can I raise my hands? I said, yeah, raise your hands. We'll catch you. No, no problem. I watched as that lady who could barely walk, could barely talk, raised her hands. And all she said was, Jesus. And the next word she said was, And I watched a lady who was a chronic seeker her entire life, feeble, not in good health, heavily medicated. I saw fluent spiritual words come out of her mouth. I saw for a brief moment energy come upon her body. I'm telling you, it's real. It is so real. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's all stand in the presence of the Lord. Amen. If our team could join me up front. The Holy Ghost is a big part of what we are and what we do and what we hope to accomplish. And if you're here today, you really don't need the Holy Ghost, but your life is broken. This altar call is for you. For Jesus said, I've come to heal the brokenhearted. You need a miracle today. The altar call is for you. It doesn't matter. But today, if you are hungry and desiring to be filled with the Spirit, don't leave here today without praying for it. If you're a sinner in here and you know it. You've never been baptized in Jesus' name. Come up and talk to one of us. We want to baptize you today. It's a quick, easy, life-changing process. God wants to do it today. The first step to having a powerful spiritual experience with the Lord is to repent. Right now, just for a moment, let's all repent unto the Lord. And it's just simply saying, Lord, I'm sorry, Lord, for doing things my way. I'm ready to do them your way. I'm ready to obey your word. Will you do that with me right now, all of us? Lord, we're sorry, Jesus. Some of us have gotten off track. 
Some of us have wandered. Some of us, Lord, God, want to get our lives together. And we're sorry, Lord. Walking away from you is never good. But, Lord, we're walking back to you right now. That's it. The Lord is forgiving you right now. He is forgiving you right now. The things you don't like about yourself, God knows about it. He understands. He's going to help you with it. It's not about being perfect today. It's about making a move towards perfection. It's about having faith in the one who is perfect. Come on. Tell the Lord, I'm sorry for it. Forgive me, Father, for it. That's right. God has forgiven you. Hallelujah. I plead your blood over this audience right now, Jesus. I call upon the Lord that forgives to forgive us of our sins. And I curse the lie and the attack of the devil. But I pray right now, the true voice of grace would fall upon your people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't tell yourself you're unworthy. God is worthy. And he wants to share that worth with you today. You can have his spirit today. You can have sin broken off of your life today. If you're thankful for the forgiving power of the Lord, can you clap your hands unto him? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.